Your podcast starts after this quick message from Clear. The average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for allergens and germs to get in your nose and body and wreak havoc. That is, unless you regularly clean your nose and sinuses. So for healthy breathing and a strong body, use Clear Nasal Spray. Clear is a natural nasal spray featuring xylitol, an ingredient clinically proven to work against bacteria and effectively clean, not just rinse, your nose. Clear Nasal Spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. In fact, in a recent study, researchers found that xylitol nasal sprays like Clear are just as effective as leading medicated nasal sprays. For better breathing, get Clear today. That's spelled X-L-E-A-R. You can find it at all major retailers, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Sprouts, Whole Foods, and everywhere else. Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, where our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And today, if you're a parent like I am, of two teens, you know that this can be a very difficult time for them. And we want to build resilience in our teens, but sometimes, especially in unprecedented times like this, it can be pretty difficult to know where to turn, what resources are available, and things that you can do at home to help build resilience. And certainly, if you've had some tragedies lately, as many of us have, that makes things even more compounded for our teens and how they process what's going on today. Joining me is Dr. Ken Ginsberg. He's the founding director of the Center for Parent and Teen Communication, and he's a professor of pediatrics at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Dr. Ginsburg, I'm so glad you could join us today. It's such an important topic, and we're in difficult times, as I said. Some teens are feeling the strains, isolation, social distancing. They're typically social, our teens, but this is harder for them, and in some ways harder for them than it is for us. Tell us what you're seeing right now with our teens and, and the difficult times that we're in and other difficult times that you've seen teens in before. Well, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, we are all going through difficult times as a society, and that is because the times are not only difficult, but they're uncertain. And for people who it's one thing to be able to see the problem right in front of you, kind of imagining the tiger in front of you, but what makes things even harder is when the tiger is lurking in the grass and you actually don't know what it is that you're dealing with. It makes it much harder to come up with a plan to get through stress. So our young people, as are the adults, are all suffering from this sense of uncertainty and fear. What we can do is use these moments as a real opportunity to build resilience in them. Our kids watch us. They are watching us. And Every emotion that we have, every emotion that they have, is an opportunity for us to build resilience within them. So that's so interesting because it is, and, and we're hearing this term teachable moment more and more often right now, as they see us struggling maybe to pay bills, job losses, how can we reassure them and yet 
help them to understand. And, and Dr. Ginsburg, this is something I'm going through right now myself with my two teens, that now's not really the time to be asking for stuff. It's not really the time to be feeling entitled. There are people suffering everywhere. We're all having issues. How do we start those conversations with our teens? So there are so many answers to the points that you just brought up. But the first thing that we have to do is we have to make our children and our teens feel safe and secure. This is a time of uncertainty. And kids, no matter what their ages are, including the teenagers, look to their parents for safety and security. Here's the way I want you to think of it. If you're parenting a small child, you should look like the duck gliding on the water. They should just look at you and everything should be smooth. You've come in for a landing on that pond and you just go for it. That is what allows them to co-regulate. They get their sense of safety and security by knowing that you're okay and you have it handled. But when the kids get older, and especially when they're teenagers, we're trying to build skills in them, build skills to be able to deal with times that are difficult. And what you don't, you don't want to look like the duck who's just gliding on the water. You want to look like the duck who's sort of gliding on the water, but your kid knows that underneath the water, your feet are a little paddling like crazy to be able to maintain that sense of calm. By being intentional and showing our kids what we are needing to do to make our homes okay, to make our families okay, that is how we build resilience in them because we are models. And you brought up another point, which is um, how do we help kids to understand what they can ask for and what they can't ask for? There are many levels to that question. The first is what you can't do with a young person is say that because other people are suffering, you don't have a right to your thoughts or feelings or wants or desires. That message will backfire and it will end up making your kid resent your request. Instead, this is a time actually to elevate and celebrate their emotions, right? What you don't want during difficult times is for a young person to walk away under any circumstances and feel like they don't have a right to feel, to feel scared, to feel worried, to feel anxious. This is a time that we actually point out that this is a time to be feeling. This is a time that all of us feel vulnerable, insecure, and sometimes fragile. And then you bring home the life lesson. And the life lesson is that as individuals, all of us are like sticks that can snap, but that when we join together and become a bundle of sticks, especially during those moments of vulnerability, that bundle of sticks can barely bend. So we give each other breaks. We give each other support. We listen to each other and we draw strength from each other. What a beautiful way to put it. And as somebody who tends to think of herself as superwoman, working my jobs, feeding the kids, doing, you know, taking care of my 96-year-old dad, all of these things compounded, I hear what you're saying about teaching our kids as role models that strength and that resilience and, and 
being able to speak to them in that way that they understand and hearing them at this time, that is so important that you pointed that out, that we really, really have to listen to them. But as parents, Dr. Ginsburg, sometimes we do snap. And sometimes we have... Absolutely, and, and we so, do. So what do we do? I mean, I am... I am a Jewish girl, and we come from a family of yellers. But when we're done yelling, then it's all nice and well, and we've gotten it out. But what do we do if we feel like we're going to snap? Do we run into another room and shut the door and scream into our pillow? I mean, sometimes we have to, too. And we don't want our kids to see us break down, but it's hard in this climate. So there are, again, multiple things that you brought up. First, you've talked about juggling balls, and you've talked about how you're handling things more than you've ever imagined, whether it's taking care of your 96-year-old parent, whether it's worried about illnesses, whether it's making sure that your kids finish their homework, that they're entertained. We are all um, juggling too many balls, and anybody with their eyes open is failing. Anyone with their eyes open is realizing that perfection is no longer an option. And sometimes those balls are going to fall on the ground. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to practice and model self-compassion, right? Self-forgiveness. That is a major, major resilience tool. And if your kids think that you were superwoman or perceived yourself as superwoman, I can't think of a better way of helping them enter adulthood or launch into adulthood to understand that their mother was never superwoman, that their mother has learned how to let some balls drop, leave some on the ground, choose to do what she can rather than lament or be angry at herself for the things that she can't. So that is a wonderful opportunity you have now for your children. The next is if you need to go in the other room to scream, do it, but tell them you're going. This is what I mean by being intentional about showing them what your feet are doing underneath the water. You can say, I am so frustrated and I am so angry right now that the only way I, you can get the best of me is if I give myself a break and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to call my sister. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to read a book. Tell them what you're doing. That is outstanding modeling. And the last piece that you brought up for me is the importance of peace in the home. Families are complicated places, right? You know, at the Center for Parent and Teen Communication, we're not pretending that we're creating these idealistic places or idyllic places. We're talking about creating places where families are stronger. Strong families understand complexity. Love is complicated. When you love someone so intensely, you're going to get more hurt by them. When you love someone so intensely, you're going to worry more about them. You're going to become angrier with them when they don't live up to their potential. All of that is true. That's called being human. It's called being alive. But when the world is crazy outside of our homes and things are chaotic, that is where we strive for peace in the home. We are intentional about it, and we speak about it, and we say precisely because... So much is going on. We in this home will take care of each other. We'll be a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more forgiving. You'll still drive me crazy. But I love you so much that I'm going to always remember to tell you that too. Really lovely and absolutely 100% true. Everything you just said, Dr. Ginsburg, and, and 
I try and keep that home. We have music playing around. We like the bridge on Sirius. We dance. We cook together. You know, I've got these two teens, and we're all very involved in each other's lives and kind of in each other's faces. But it, it works for us and keeps a nice calm and a peace. But what are some things for parents that they can do to help their kids manage their stress besides communication, being involved? I'm an exercise physiologist, so of course, I'm always encouraging my kids, let's take a walk, go use the treadmill, do stuff like that, you know. But there are other things, mindfulness, breathing, thinking, expressing our emotions, reaching out when we need help. Tell us about some of those. Absolutely. So I have two resources that I'd like to point you towards. Um, The book, Building Resilience in Children and Teens, which is published by the American Academy of Pediatrics, has more than 100 pages on stress management that list many of the things you just mentioned and even more. It starts you with understanding how to reframe ideas, how to decide when something's really a tiger and when it's not, how to break big problems into small pieces, how to convince yourself that something is temporary, to learn how to conserve your energy, and then how to take care of your body through mindful relaxation techniques, through exercise, through good nutrition, and good, through good sleep. From there, we go into the importance of just getting away from it sometimes, right? The best drug prevention is to give kids other ways of absolute escape, reading a book, mindfulness, absolute escape. But then you also need strategies that are going to help you release your emotion. I blanked it out. I cried it out, I laughed it out, I prayed it out, I ran it out, I slammed it out, I I, I talked it out. We need ways to release emotions. And finally, we need people who are prepared to build, rebuild, and build our world. And what that means is we want every kid to have a sense of meaning and purpose. And one of the best ways of stress reduction is to go out and support other people, to help other people, because that is what guides you to understand how much you matter. And ultimately, when you need to reach for help yourself, you will be able to reach because you will have the experience of having given. And therefore, when it's your turn to receive, you're going to do it without shame. So this entire model of stress management is at the core of resilience. It's at the core of preventing kids from doing those quick, easy, dangerous fixes. And it's what building resilience is about. Now, the other thing is at the Center for Parent and Teen Communication, you will find that there is a stress management plan that young people can build themselves. Everything I just described, they can go on the web and they can build it themselves. We will guide you through as they develop their very own plan interactively on the web, and they will receive a PDF of their very own plan. How cool is that? So tell us the website, where they can find it out, and wrap it up with your best advice about building resiliency in our kids at a time when it is more difficult than it seems it's ever been, but how we can keep that place of peace and calm and make our children, you know, help our children to become those future leaders, those future people that care about humanity and the climate and gratitude and all of these things help to build resilience. Give us some websites and your best advice. Amen. So um, the website is parentandteen.com. 
So parentandteen.com is the website for the Center for Parent and Teen Communication. My best advice is the same advice I'd give you at any time that you've asked me in the last 35 years. And the answer is our unconditional love of our children is exactly what allows them to launch into adulthood with security. Unconditional love isn't like, it's okay to do drugs, darling. Unconditional love means you're perfect for me just the way you are. I see everything that's good and right about you, and I'm going to hold you to high expectations based on everything that I know is good and right about you, right? So it's parents who really know their kids and who are just crazy in love with them. That is what makes kids be able to be secure throughout their lives, to be able to withstand whatever challenges come in from forces outside of the family, and what assure that children and parents will have relationships far, far into the future, way after they're in flight and, and um, navigating the world independently. Wow, so true and such important information. Parents, now's the time. Share these shows with your friends and family on social media. You know you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, anywhere podcasts are played, but we want you to listen on RadioMD.com because this information that we're getting from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics is what we need right now. And you know we love our pediatricians. They are there. It takes a village, and they're helping us to raise our children. And certainly teens can be a challenge, but this is the time when maybe we do need a little bit of extra help, and we're getting it from those experts. Thank you so much, Dr. Ginsburg, for joining us today. You're listening to Healthy Children right here on Radio MD. I'm Melanie Cole. Stay well.